hope you're keeping safe and welcome to a special edition of You Should Have Been There with me, Mick Webb. And me, Simon Calder. Uh, Well, today uh, we're actually not going to talk about group travel for a variety of reasons, but we're going to postpone that until happier times. And this time uh, we're going to um, devote half an hour to the subject of COVID-19 and the travel bug. Yes, so I think that's a good good call by uh, Mick, I must say. And uh, we've had a pretty different time um, uh, the past couple of weeks, haven't we? And what, what have you been up to? Well, since uh, the last podcast, I have been confined to my house because my partner has been in close contact with someone who uh, almost certainly has um, developed the bug. And we don't know because, of course, there is no testing whether, in fact, she actually does have it or not. But uh, all of this means that we're subjecting ourselves, like many, many other people, to domestic... Well, we're calling as domestic distancing... Right, yeah. But we are actually also semi-isolated as well. So um, that is, we are in a house and trying not to um, get too close to one another. Yes, I, I, I think for, for, for the point of view of the poor listener, um, it's important to note that um, while we um, both live in South London, um, thanks to the miracles of technology, we're not in the same place, place by any means. Um, and I'm doing exactly the opposite of you. You've been effectively closing down i must say in much in the much in the manner of the 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 wider world whereas i've been um well out and about and um i must say having a a a a lovely uh lovely time um albeit while feeling great great sympathy for people who are having many difficulties as a result of the coronavirus and also um, finding that i've been kind of chasing uh chasing around trying to find uh, ways across frontiers and um I, I, can i just tell you about my journey um it began in manchester actually two weeks ago uh, pretty exactly and it, it was a trip that i'd had long planned um in my horizons anyway that was about uh, four or five months in advance and it was to take me to saudi arabia uh, a place which has just opened up uh, thanks to the tourism visa, although it has subsequently closed down. I, I was then going to go to Cairo, the magnificent uh, uh, capital of Egypt, I think, although Lagos would have something to say about this, also the largest city in Africa. And then I was going to travel down from there to the Yemeni island of Socotra, just off the coast of Somalia. And that all seemed a reasonable prospect. And you, you might remember that, oh gosh, it seems like ancient history, but a month ago we were looking with great concern at Diamond Princess, a, a cruise ship which was kind of being quarantined on the far side of the world. And we all thought, well, this is terrible and it's so sad that people are dying in China and, and how awful, but not thinking it would ever affect us. Um, and, and even two weeks ago, I thought, well, you know, this, things are not looking great. But, um, you know, I'll, I'll head off on my trip and uh, looking forward to it and so on. Um, and then the first I knew was when uh, uh, my flight from uh, Saudi Arabia to Cairo was abruptly cancelled the uh, afternoon before I was supposed to leave, which was inconvenient. I then ended up uh, catching a bus across uh, the deserts of Saudi Arabia 
going into Jordan, which I wasn't expecting to do, and into Israel just before the shutters came down there, and then finally across the Sinai Desert to Sharm El Sheikh and actually having to fly to uh, Egypt. And then everything kind of worked in terms of going to the wonderful island of Socotra in Yemen. Um, that's a country where, at least at the time of recording, there are no cases of the coronavirus. Uh, although I did hear lots, lots of stories from people who travellers who'd said that they'd been in Alexandria and people had thrown stones at them and said, uh, Corona, Corona. Yemen, you say? Well, I mean, we don't normally associate that with uh, with, with uh, holiday uh, making or touristic travel, because that's for as long as I can remember has been in the grip of a uh, its own absolutely disastrous um, civil war. But you managed to avoid that, I presume. Yes, the, the island of Socotra is actually a place of, of great tranquility. It's the same size as Suffolk. Um, slightly more dramatic um, it has uh, uh, arguably better beaches um, and warmer water and it, uh, absolute joy until the early hours of Monday morning when um, uh, suddenly uh, there was, I was on, we were going to talk about group travel of course I was part of a group and suddenly um, we were told okay you've got to leave now because actually the Yemenis were doing something really smart which was excluding all flights all foreigners because they have got no coronavirus um everywhere else all these these barriers that are going up are doing no good at all to anybody but they certainly were um in, in um, yemen so um we had to head for the airport and then then fly out on a very long di dusty difficult day via aden of all places and 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 get back and then i i got to egypt finally um, having been kind of thrown out of one country for being foreign and arrived to find that they were going to put a flight ban in and I had to eventually pay £700 to um, Egypt Air to fly me out um, and, and uh, successfully returned and came back to a city, a country, which was utterly unrecognisable from the one I'd left um, uh, 12 days ago. So I feel kind of slightly um, lucky to have been... Uh, enjoying my adventures while while you've been unfortunately um confined to barracks so can i tell you what i've done for you i've been trying to think i, I thought yeah films um books but then i thought music that would be the way to do it uh, so, so i just thought that um I, I should come up with some some great tunes that you could listen to while you were uh, what do you call it? Domestic distancing. Uh, well, it's it's called self-isolating. But I have but I've also added added to another layer to this, which I don't think has been coined yet in the media. So here it is: domestic distancing. You heard it first here. Domestic distancing is very good. All right, and and I'm going to tell you my. I, I came up with the uh, top five self-isolating tunes from the 20th century, and I put it out on on Twitter to get some. Um, uh, responses. Um, so, so my top five are, uh, in no particular order, uh, Oh Lonesome Me by Neil Young, um, Moody Blues with, well it has to be Go Now, uh, there's a very appropriate Four Tops tune, Walk Away Rene, uh, and one from I think 1987 which you won't recall because I don't think you were ever into um, uh, country, 
but uh, Nancy Griffith from a distance. Very good. I will certainly listen to that. But there is a, a tune, uh, uh, many, many great responses, and thank you for those. Uh, a tune by the police, which absolutely is the appropriate one. Uh, a message in a bottle? Mm, no, although that that's slightly appropriate. Um, don't stand so close to me. Oh dear, thank you so much. Well, look, I uh, would like to say that one of the things I have noticed um, is that uh, the changes in in, um, the country in daily life have actually made it like travelling in another country. So uh, that has been, uh, well, I suppose, like going to somewhere like Medellin, uh, both kind of vaguely sort of amazing but also rather scary or it was in the days when we went there now um the the experience i had over here was on sunday last as the enormity of everything suddenly began to hit home steph uh, my partner and i went to a local tesco's we we turned up 10 minutes before opening but uh, had failed to take into account the fact that people might have turned up an hour before opening so um then, obviously, um, mayhem, total chaos, somewhat controlled, but the queues for people checking out inevitably got incredibly in the way of the people trying to actually strip the shelves. So it, it was a bit like driving in Cairo, shall we say? Quite challenging. If, if I may, this makes it sound like um, the Soviet Union in the early 1980s when... Uh, people would uh, stampede whenever some some goods arrived in a sh- in a shop, and everybody, of course, carried around a perhaps bag, which was a, a, a bag in their pocket just in case they got to a shop and they had some things in it. Uh, it, re- it reminded me, in fact, of going to a supermarket in Nicaragua in 1985 um, when the civil war was 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 raging uh, and uh, uh, the united states had of course funded um, the uh, militia t- who were fighting against it has to be said a democratically elected government been trying to bring it down um and the the result and there was a blockade and of course the uh, results were uh, catastrophic now what was quite funny was going it wasn't that funny but going into the government controlled supermarket um, and people were were on rations there were rationed books and rations um uh, goods of various kinds rice beans and uh, that sort of thing there was nothing on the supermarket shelves at all apart from one um, huge array of small bottles um and uh, i had to go and go and look and see what it was now i will actually um give you uh the contents of my uh bookshelves which are very dear to me if you can guess what this thing was yeah okay well it would be pickles pickles of course uh, not bad probably polish well in fact it was bulgarian and it, it was um anchovy sauce of some kind anchovy sauce Right, which um, I suppose it would cheer up your rice. But then, uh, then I went out of the supermarket. I mean, I was um, recording interviews with people who would speak to me, and out straight out outside the market in in what would be the car park in um, Tesco's of uh, Clapham South, there was quite a a thriving um, what you'd call a farmers market here, selling 
<laughs> goods privately, uh, possibly on the black market, um, but loads of beautiful vegetables and at a, at a jolly good whacking markup and uh, I, and how um, weird and ironic it all seemed to be. Yeah. But um, can I uh, can I move on then to ask you what what you're up to now? I've, I've for a long time had the title of travel correspondent at the Independent. I'm now the can't travel uh, correspondent at the Independent, and um, that's a matter of considerable regret. However, it is, of course, um, and and uh, well, there's, there's a great saying: never miss the opportunity of uh, to make something of a good crisis. Um, and one of the people I was on this uh, trip with in Yemen was attempting as we were in the most inaccessible place in in internet terms to speak to his broker to short i.e sell shares he didn't have um in cruise lines and he 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 got very very agitated when um uh, it proved that the technology let him down because he wanted to sell imaginary shares in and and, and then watch the price of them decline and then take real money out as profit so uh yeah uh, utter utter disarray and uh, and and dissonance yes not a yes and not a great reflection um, and 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 so or, or what i'm mostly doing is actually uh, answering people's questions yeah we're stranded what can we do uh, people in spain for instance could walk across the border into france but if they did that they'd be in serious trouble because the gendarmerie would say um who allez-vous, monsieur? And um, they they wouldn't have the necessary pass. They could um, uh, honestly. I think the best escape route for anybody in Spain is probably right now nipping across the border into Gibraltar. Um, it had to come in useful one day. Yeah. Anyway, we do have a a moral and and probably soon legal duty to uh, uh, self-isolate if need be. Um, if I do find that I've been in contact with somebody who subsequently um, uh, has, has tested positive for coronavirus, what should I be reading? What should I be watching? That might just be, you can probably hear it in the background, a siren coming to uh, uh, take me to, um, to confinement. Um, Let me quickly tell you some um, some some things to read then um do you think they've you're spared this particular time has it gone past i think i think it yes it's heading off in the direction of the elephant castle which is always a good sign uh well um i cannot recommend too highly um a book that i am reading at the moment called philosophers abroad the meaning of travel by uh, an, an academic philosopher called emily thomas who plies her trade at durham university i think anyway uh, it's 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 exceptionally interesting for anybody who does a bit of traveling uh, and has um sort of occasionally thought a bit about it uh, but would like to think a bit more and wonders what other people thought okay oh although that i'm, I'm sort of thinking well that sounds a bit sort of social media-ish um 
uh, yeah, what do you think about travel? What are, what are your purposes of, of, of travel? What do you try and get from a journey? Do you, do you see what I mean? Oh, yes, no, but this is, more like, this is more historical. Oh, yes, good. So what you would read about this is things like why did tourism start? And um, there's a very fine chapter, for example, on the Grand Tour or the Grand Tour as it originally was, which, um, and this is a, a nod towards the subject we were going to be talking about, group travel travel and is probably if you discount pilgrims the earliest uh, group tourism grand tour which from the uh, mid 18th century onwards was the thing that um, upper crust young chaps did uh, for uh, in order to um, broaden their horizons and so they managed sort of two to three years on a route which would take them um, across the channel to Paris then uh, Geneva Barcelona Turin Florence Padua and Venice Rome being the heart of the whole trip and then the more adventurous ones would then carry on to Greece or Egypt perhaps coming back via Vienna, Dresden Berlin and Heidelberg but this was what was really I thought was interesting so can I just read you a little bit Grand Tourists were usually male aged between 16 and 22 they were accompanied by an older tutor known as a bear leader B-E-A-R, that is, who led his charges from one city to another like dancing bears on a leash. These tutors were usually unremarkable priests or university teachers, but occasionally they were intellectuals of note. So the philosophers Thomas Hobbes, John Locke, George Barclay and Adam Smith all acted as bear leaders. Quite often um, these young men um, were sidetracked uh, and waylaid and spent lots of their um, inheritance on um, brothels uh, in Paris and uh, Rome and were also of course scammed out of thousands and thousands of pounds by card sharks and beautiful women so uh, sure and I, I'm imagining that as with these days um, illicit substances or maybe not that illicit so absinthe in, in uh, Paris were fairly high on the agenda if not um well they obviously didn't venture as far as latin america so they would not have enjoyed the um uh the the, the uh, coca leaf which um we have had some minor involvement with as, as a um anesthetic medicinal use only so so where do you think mick this leaves us what will it do to our view of travel um uh, of our horizons will we shrink will we look no further well from sw16 the streatham postcode to maybe 17 18 well uh, it's a a moot point i suppose um i can't believe that having got the taste for travel almost in our genes these days i mean uh i.e our generation who have uh, who we have passed on the um the love of another country and a good journey to are not going to give that up and even, i think they might find it um a little more difficult um, than just um jumping on a ryanair flight to uh somewhere in europe and who knows whether um there will actually be many airlines left after this i mean what do you think about that i mean this is we were um we, we were not that many weeks ago in a, a podcast about travel in the 2020s completely oblivious to what was about to happen because um wuhan hadn't even happened then and uh, well, and, and nobody knew where Wuhan was, obviously. Well, and we we were sort of spec 
speculating on where you might go and um, you know what but not so much about what the uh, restrictions would be imposed on you but what restrictions you might impose on yourself because of uh, the damage done to um, the climate by by travel now this all seems kind of super ironic these days doesn't it um, uh, yeah cer- certainly does and and all the things that we might have been discussing on a an ordinary um uh, day in late march um such as over tourism the damage caused by by mass tourism to uh, to to the planet um physically as well as of course socially um and we might have been even talking about, oh, are they going to build that third runway at Heathrow? All of that seems as distant as uh, your grand tour, I must say, uh, uh, from, from this perspective. And so I, I'm, I'm just uh, uh, the um, what, what's the uh, equivalent, I wonder, of uh, desert island discs for those who are domestically isolating? Because um, I've, I've got a few more to share with you, if I may. Uh, th- these have all come in after I um, made an appeal on Twitter, which is um, uh, sometimes sometimes good. Yes, uh, so, so let me offer you "Alone Again Naturally" by Gilbert O'Sullivan. Uh, not the greatest of songs, but but you can see see why that's there. Um, I love "No Particular Place to Go" by Chuck Berry. Um, uh, well, somebody somebody suggested uh, "No Place to Go" by Fleetwood Mac, and I thought I. Uh, Chuck has done better than this. Um, Only the Lonely by Roy Orbison. And similar time, Tired of Being Alone, Al Green. And then to end with a couple of uh, great, great uh, women singers, Gloria Gaynor, I Will Survive, um, which which also has you know, some good lyrics. Um, Turn around now, you're not welcome anymore. And, um, uh, and of course, Dionne Warwick has to be Walk On By. Oh, my word. But yes, yes, that's well. I, I, well, what a, what a, what a splendid array. Well, I, I'm, uh, I, we didn't really get to grips with the, um, the, the future and the lessons that we might learn from this. Have you got any sort of guesses about what might happen? Yeah, I, I think we will see a, a general grounding of, of flights um, from almost all airports. Actually, the, the past week. Um, even though it's felt as though the world is shutting down around us, it hasn't been like that. Um, I, I was at Heathrow, I came in on Tuesday night, um, and I had a look on what's happening for Wednesday, Thursday. Still loads of flights, but we will see all, almost general shutdown. Um, I've talked actually in advance of this to some quite key play, people in the uh, travel industry for quite some time, and the general consensus actually is very much focused on things getting back underway in the first two weeks of May Uh, and that would actually be coinciding when the normal summer season begins but it will be nothing like the normal summer season and I think it's really uh, uh, trying to find a a positive from this I think we will be more appreciative of the the travel that we are doing Um, I mean the whole thing with our, our podcast you should have been there is that actually probably for most people it would have been a great idea for them not to be there because we're talking about journeys we might have made in the in in the 1990s in the start of the 21st century when travel was actually much more difficult much more expensive um fewer options and um altogether a a less gratifying experience but uh, i think it could 
we'll, we'll, we'll be trans, we'll be knocked back to 2000 or maybe even 1990 in terms of prices and availability and everything. But um, I still think that there is this innate human desire, not just for some sunshine in February because it's miserable in Streatham. Um, it, but I know the sun always shines in Streatham and it is never miserable, just in case. Um, but also to um, uh, actually personally, you know, what, what is it we want? Do we just want to see the wonders of the world? Do we want to meet its people? Do we just want to enjoy all the fantastic cuisine on offer or are we just trying to tick off great cultural attractions um we're going to have plenty of time to think about why we do what we do and i think that goes for you and me as well as um uh, our, our lovely listeners Yes, I will. Uh, I, how very true. And I must say that uh, Emily Thomas's book, I mean, she hasn't paid me to um, to plug this, does actually have quite a few sort of um, it, it, things that make you think um, about what it is we do appreciate and how, in fact, even um, attitudes have changed enormously uh, about what it is uh, that we appreciate in travel and that 400 years ago, the sea, was considered a terrifying and uh, and, and not at all attractive um, thing and mountains as well which only you know relatively recently um, when more religiously inclined thinkers started to um, equate uh, a mountain with closeness to God and therefore started to see it as being something uh, not ugly, threatening and terrifying, but beautiful, uplifting, sublime. Uh, Are we talking about Streatham here? Well, actually, it's Streatham Common that we need to think about when we're talking about um, sublime high places, because that is the highest point of Streatham and does boast a most beautiful garden called the Rookery uh, which is now actually coming into into full bloom but probably in a week's time um, uh, nobody will actually be uh, permitted to uh, even uh, uh, wander in the gardens. Look it is a good time to um, uh, to look forward and indeed to look back and um, maybe over the coming weeks we will be um, picking up on um, uh, some of our our greatest hits um, that, that we've we've enjoyed, and one thing I'm thinking more deeply than usual about is how we will look back on this. I mean, you can look back as uh, the volcanic ash as a kind of aberration. You can go back to SARS and think, oh, well, that was terrible, and various economic uh, collapses and so on. And it was it was more a kind of a blip. But this is definitely more than a blip and I, I don't know how we will regard it whether it will be yep well, we press the reset button and um, uh, the here, here is uh, how things changed I just don't know how the new normal will be but um, again as always of course we welcome your thoughts dear listener well to to end with then um, I would like to uh, quote the very end of the uh, book the meaning of travel um it's a it's a quote from a poem by t.s Eliot called little gidding and this is what it says we shall not cease from exploration and the end of all our exploring will be to arrive where we started and know the place for the first time oh that's very good i like that a lot 
I, and I think her book is going to do very well indeed, not least because I'm about to order one if I can get anybody to uh, come within range of the house to deliver it. And on that reflective but also positive note, I'd like to say goodbye from me, Mick Webb. And from me, Simon Calder. You've been listening to You Should Have Been There and see you next time. Mm-hmm.